live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, May 9th, 2023. Right now, the capital city, we are at 62 degrees. Goodness, nice out there. As we get things started today, uh, get back into uh, get back into some windy stuff, some chances for uh, rain a little bit later in the day, late afternoon into the evening. Got a chance for some uh, for some showers today. Uh, got a good show for you today. Busy show today. Uh, we'll be uh, joined today by Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. Talk Nebraska news and politics, and uh, another big day of news on the legislative floor. We'll get to that here in just a second. I'm sure we'll talk to Joe. About that, we've got Jason Ball joining us at 810 from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce and Dr. Ken Dewey. It's been a while since we've talked to the good doctor, our weather and climate guru, and we will talk to him about eight, at 835 uh, about how quickly we transition from spring into summer and uh you know, uh, are we gonna are we gonna start to see some of these rain chances become a reality over the course of the coming days, weeks, and months? So, lots to get into today. I just want to know if it's gonna get warm enough for you to get over that cold. It is ridiculous. This cold. It still it, sounds like you're a little stuffed up. Uh, my uh, both my wife and I have <laughs> the everlasting cold and it is uh man it is annoying and frustrating <laughs> i will absolutely say that and i'm sorry that i sound i i sound worse uh, uh i feel better than i sound i'll say that i'll okay. feel i feel better than than i sound it's just constant congestion that for some reason we've uh invited into our family and can't get over right now so uh but uh yes i will be i will be good but i appreciate your thoughts and prayers on that Thank peace you. and peace. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Um, getting to what I was alluding to, news from the legislature yesterday, and it looks like the debate on abortion is not done for this session. Uh, we thought this might be a nor possibility. The gen- nor the gender issues. Nor, nor the gender issues, which we expected to continue to, you know, to come back because the bill still had been being advanced, but now... Uh, now they may become one in the same, at least in some ways. A Yesterday, an amendment filed to the Let Them Grow bill, which is uh, the bill that we've been talking about extensively, as has the legislature, on gender-affirming care for minors, uh, what should be allowed, what isn't allowed on that. An amendment was filed by Senator Ben Hansen uh, that would essentially integrate uh, a 12-week abortion ban into that bill itself, uh, in addition to the content that is in that bill right now. And that's the only way, I mean, the the, the bill that had been debated, the heartbeat bill, uh, and did not get enough votes to overcome a filibuster, that bill's dead for the session. That bill is not coming back this session. So the only way that you get that topic back up in this legislative session is essentially to work it into another bill. And we talked about the possibility of that happening. Uh, There are some, you know, there are some questions about whether or questions about whether that would be possible. 
if you could do it and still have a, a single topic in a bill, uh, that it would pass the rules that are that are there for that. And if there would be a bill that would fit for that. And now, Mark, they've uh, the two bills that seem to have supplied the lion's share of the controversy uh, during this legislative session are now all in one. So we've got we've gone from uh, a couple of big controversial bills to one now super controversial bill that will be discussed by the legislature and not only the merits, the policy issues in it, but also there'll be plenty of discussions on the procedure that was used to do that, the amendment that was made and whether that is uh, essentially kosher per per state rules, per state law on single subject and other issues that go along with that as well. And so that's next here in the legislature. Now, the amendment itself, I should point out, is not the language of the heartbeat uh, bill. It is a 12-week abortion ban, and obviously the design for doing that by Senator Hansen and those who are supporting this is to get the vote of one Merv Rippey, who is the who is the senator who was the present not voting vote that had previously signed on to the heartbeat bill, but had had a, as he described it, a, a change of heart, essentially, and saying he was 12 weeks or nothing. He was not going to do a, a and he put forth he put forth that amendment. He put and he put forth that amendment and that didn't fail. didn't. Um, yeah, it didn't get into the the heartbeat bill, and so the thinking on this strategically and in counting votes is okay. Well, he said that this is what he wants. That was his amendment. So, what if we just give him that, uh, and we should have the votes to do this, and we should be able to still do it during this session. Now, the current law stands at a twenty week ban, so this would make that if it were to pass, uh, it would make. Eight weeks, eight fewer weeks where those procedures could happen. So that's the latest. And again, you go back. It's 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 odd how I don't know if it's right to say the goalposts have moved on this, but there was a discussion last fall of twelve week ban for a, calling a special session to go with a twelve week ban. Uh, they didn't have enough people who were supporting that, but the lack of support came from the last the last legislature and primarily from those who would lean pro-choice on this. And then you got to this legislative session, and that morphed into a discussion on the heartbeat ban, which would be more akin to a six-week ban, and you then didn't have a willingness to move it to a 12-week ban at that point during that from people who would be on the pro-life side, the senators who would be on the pro-life side, and now you're back from where you were in the fall, what you couldn't get done then to this twelve-week one instead of the six-week. So after all of that rigmarole, you're talking about the original, the original idea that was floated out there nearly a year ago after the ruling at the Supreme Court, which is a twelve-week ban. So, well, the ruling, the ruling of the Supreme Court is that it's up to the states. And yeah, correct. So, yeah, but you're right on the yeah that that was. But they never had the session, so it was just it was just right. Talk. All I'm saying is, after that decision yeah. came down, the idea that was floated essentially by 
um, by members of the legislature and the governor, then Governor Ricketts, and I believe Senator Hilgers was the, was the twelve week ban at that point. That right? seemed to be the compromise. That yeah. was that was the, the the that was what they wanted to bring forward in a special session, a special session that never actually happened. And so now, uh, I mean, now Mark, it looks like um, despite there being some probably some misgivings from opponents about the procedure and how this is done exactly it would appear though that at least the abortion side of this assuming you've got senator rippy's vote and no one else now the question is is there anyone else on the pro-life side of things that is still saying no this is still too lenient i would rather i want a six-week ban the heartbeat ban or nothing at this point is there anybody who will say that if there isn't, I don't see any reason why there wouldn't be enough votes to get this to the finish line here. Well, other than it's tied to the Let Them Grow Act, and if they're opposed to that, R- right? Remain, you know, yeah, that's true. Uh, it, uh, those who are that, I guess that's a good that's a good point, Mark. Because although it seems like the votes are there for that too, or at least there have been enough votes there to advance that so far, is there someone that is a yes on one and a no on the other? Right. Yeah. And that would that would complicate things, and that's well, and and whether that let them grow act gets amended. I mean, it's still up right. for more debate, and there is still discussion about that being amended to just removing the surgical, removing the uh, having the only the the only thing being prohibited being surgical procedures, right? Rather than uh, non surgical treatments and that I, would go along. I with just this. can't see that going very far as strong as that was talked about by the. Those that supported the original Let Them Grow Act. Yeah, so, yeah, those are the questions that you've got. Would Will there be interest by those who would appear to support both bills in principle? Will the specific amendments to those still get all of their support? And you've got to have all of their support because everything is is one vote away. Yeah. Um so I get so maybe it's maybe I'm being a little bit premature in in saying this is all going to happen, but I think it does. It certainly does stand at least a a decent chance of of crossing the finish line at least in terms of the vote counting that you've got here. But we don't know for sure. And yeah, I'm you add you. I'm pretty skeptical on this. One. Are you? Yeah, we'll see. It it will. Uh, As Senator Hansen said, uh, and it's in the. Uh, Nebraska Examiner article, he said, uh, um, conservatives gave a little bit on both bills. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did both. He, I mean, he's right. They're yep. both different than they, they're both different. So. Than, but, but these all seem, but these tend to be at least the, in, in terms of those who oppose them. Um, the, that doesn't seem to, you know, the, they seem to be all or nothing, right? Right. On, on these things. Yeah. For the most part, they're with the with the exception, I guess, of Senator Rippey, who who has said, you know, he's for a twelve week ban. He is not for a six week ban. I don't know that there's anybody else who's saying that either. Hey, I'm okay with this, but I'm not okay with the six week ban, or vice versa. Hey, I'm okay with the transgender bill if it just includes the non surgical treatments. I wouldn't have been if we're both. I don't know if there's anybody in that world, right? I don't know yeah. if that person even exists here at this point maybe they do and, and I'm, well, i haven't talked obviously to all the senators they, they may move to that if they can go from a 20 to a 12 week ban on abortions yeah yeah that's true they may so anyway that is uh wow that's that's where we're at right now and just when you thought they were uh 
they were kind of moving on from these super hot button social issues and getting into the nitty gritty, the budget, the financial stuff for the for most of the remainder of the session. Forget that, <laughs> because this is going to come back at and maybe a level we haven't, you know, we haven't even seen this legislative session, which is saying something. And I mean, I don't know whether we talked about it last week, but. One of the prominent senators, uh, Megan Hunt, uh, last week uh, left the Democratic Party. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, independent now. Yeah. So, in uh, yeah, that was interesting as well. Uh, that that decision that she made there. So, anyway, that's uh, sorry. That's a lot on that, but it is a obviously it is a huge development in this legislative session on the two things that have really been front and center and have really divided people in the legislature and I guess throughout the throughout the state as well. And there is a there's a chance still now, there's at least a chance where it didn't look like there would be a week ago that this legislature is going to come out with some legislation that will be passed and signed by the governor relating to abortion after after all of this, which is I know what I expected going in, but I didn't expect to take this roundabout path, to be honest. And the governor called out uh, Senator Reapy after his uh, present not voting. Uh, he said he was quite disappointed. I wonder right. if there's been some discussion the, or conversation there. there. There has been, but I think, you know, Reapy hasn't really, uh, assuming Reapy votes for this, he hasn't really changed. This has kind of been since, since well, since he originally changed his heart. Well, he he, he was a co-sponsor on the uh, right. heartbeat bill. Yeah, so. since the original change of heart. But since then, and including the last debate about this, he said 12 weeks is where he thinks it should be, and he laid out his reasoning for that. So here we are. But maybe he'll change his mind again. I guess that I guess that could possibly be the case. We'll see. He is the he's obviously the key in this whole thing right now. At least is. on that yeah. on that on that part of the discussion. So uh, that is the latest there. What else do we have going on this morning, Mark? Well, City Council uh, voted to end the COVID nineteen hey, pandemic. It's over on Thursday. Uh, uh, it's over yeah. on Thursday. And the eleventh, uh, Title Forty Two. Everybody expires. party. Everybody uh, get back to licking things. <laughs> yeah. Licking doorknobs. <laughs> Remember that fiasco? Uh, oh. And then we found out that all of that <laughs> that we did with... Remember all of the uh, sanitizing that was done. Oh, the and, the washing your hands. Yeah, it, well, yeah. washing your hands was. Oh, yeah, right, the but, Santa. You remember when we wiped down the stu- we had to wipe down the studio, studio with uh, with the bleach wipes after and, every show. And then we found out it was an aerosol airborne virus, <laughs> and I mean, j- oh man, it seems when I like even. Th- think about some of the things it's only been three years but i can't even quite remember exactly what that world was like even now sometimes i'll i'll hear something or i'll go back and i'll start thinking about it. i was like yeah oh yeah did do we do that my goodness we actually did that I, it's already hard to believe did your three years after the fact ever give up your treasured face mask uh no my, gold, my, go- golden I, my golden my golden girl no that is in the uh, landfill in the city of lincoln somewhere a car wash vacuum sucked <laughs> it right up and i'm still very very disappointed i want to keep that for the next pandemic but uh i don't have to order off etsy a new golden yeah. girl's face mask but i hope to be never i hope to be never wearing a a mask around otherwise frequently uh, again in my life to be honest in the news it's just there's kind of a new trend here. You know, we've been talking a lot about stolen vehicles yeah, uh, in the place. Well, now there's been two instances in the last uh, few days where stolen vehicles have been torched. Really? Yeah, the the one out at Southwest High School was a stolen vehicle that was is now being called arson. 
And then I believe it was early Saturday morning up here on uh, North 66th, I think it was, or 70th, Dead Man's Run, stolen vehicle that they found uh, burning. So What is the point of that? Well, exactly. it, it removes a lot of... You uh, haven't worn gloves or something, but I, I guess. I mean, but that leaves a lot of other. Yeah, I so don't know that you're getting away but, with it but, because you burned the car. But okay. But two of them now in the last uh, few days. I hope that's not a trend. But yeah, that's a, that's one I wouldn't have expected here. And with, then uh, with this, and then kind of a, a strange story that uh, the Journal Star had: a 25 year old Lincoln woman. Uh, was arrested after she headbutted an eight-year-old girl outside of Everett Elementary last week. What in the heck? Yeah, uh, just do we know anything more? Well, about, I've got, I've about got it? it in the morning drive, so okay. you can take a look at it. But yeah, it's kind of a strange story. Yeah, very much so. All right, all right. That's what we've uh, that's what we've got going on today. And the zoo popped a couple of twins. What were those animals? I saw that they were, were cotton top tamarins. Hammerins. The zoo, you know, the zoo highly, them. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, but okay. <laughs> highly endangered species. Well, cool. Well, good. Congratulations to uh, to the zoo. I'll have to get out there this summer and see the new tamarind babies. All right. We will. Uh, oh, and it's National Lost Sock Memorial Day. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that's a lot due to my dog at my house. If there's a lost sock, it, that's he's usually the perpetrator. All right, thank you. We will remember all of the socks that that uh, lost the, there. There's no truth that they come back as Tupperware words. <laughs> I believe they do. 625, we'll take a break. Sports is next on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. It is. Hey, don't forget. I know I remind you of this most days uh, at this time, but I don't want you to forget. Number one, most importantly, just that it is Mother's Day coming up this coming weekend. And so... Be aware of that for the mothers of, in your life. And, that's our uh, real community service. Yeah. Not, not even what's happening Friday. Keep, just the constant reminder of that. Yep. that's. It's just be prepared for that generally. <laughs> and a good good way to help you remember that is by getting yourself ready and thinking about Request Line Friday this week. 
And the song that you would like to request for mom, that's what the theme is, given that it is Mother's Day weekend. I'm going to be the DJ this week. Caleb is going to be out on Friday, and so I'm going to be DJing it. I'm excited about uh, about doing that. And we are asking you to submit the songs you want to hear that make you think of uh, a mom in your life, whoever that is. Is it a, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, somebody who is a, uh, a motherly figure to you, whomever that it is, um, whether it's just a song that reminds you of them, that that person likes or liked, uh, or that maybe reminds you of a specific experience or time with that person in your life. So we want to hear those. Uh, text those in to us ASAP 402-479-1400 on the Rick Stein recognition text line, the Mother's Day song that you would like to hear on Friday, and we will get them going. I'll be with Matt McMaster and Mark on the show on Friday, so we do look forward to that. Good old Matty boy. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's jump into the sound off today. Oh man, this is not not. Um, God, there's so much of this stuff is uh, just. It's just so much bad news. I'm, it's a it's a tough way to start and just jump back into these things, but nonetheless, it's it's kind of where we are today. Um, with everything going on right now in the uh, uh, after the mall shooting in Texas, uh, we are also uh, adjudicating some of these other mass shootings that happened last year, and that remember. Then the Fourth uh, of July shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, they actually got the guy alive who did that, and that was the story too, where the dad is being charged as well uh, for for negligence, essentially recklessness or or negligence uh, associated with allowing him to have access to the guns that he had. But there's a court hearing on that one today. It's a pretrial hearing in Lake County Court for Robert Cremo III, who faces 117 felony counts in the killings of seven people, an injury of almost 50 others, when prosecutors say he opened fire from a rooftop onto a 4th of July parade in Highland Park last year. Charges he's pled not guilty to bond denied. DeCremo's father also charged with multiple counts of reckless conduct for helping his son purchase the weapons allegedly used despite his son's apparent mental illness. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. It's just, it's, it's, it seems fairly rare that in these instances we become far too familiar with that the person who actually perpetrated them is still alive after it's all over. And so that's the unique situation that you've got here. And um, yeah, it'll be, I don't know if interesting is the word, but, but what, I wonder what the, what the defense, what the strategy is going to be uh, from he and his attorneys as they go forward with that situation, including the father as well. Um, I don't know how closely you've been following this. We haven't delved in a bunch to it just because it's a, you know, it's a, a federal issue that isn't the most sexy one, but the debt limit talks are going on in Washington, D.C. Democrats and Republicans divided on that. What's the latest there? Democrats sounding debt ceiling alarms. The administration warning of dire consequences. The public scared that the government could run out of cash. A bipartisan bicameral conclave on the schedule Tuesday at 4 p.m. just after the markets close. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy huddle for the highest stakes meeting yet of their careers. The president and congressional Democrats insisting on a clean debt ceiling hike. But most Senate Republicans are now in lockstep with McCarthy and his bill to hike the debt ceiling and shave spending. More than 40 Senate Republicans vow to filibuster President Biden's clean debt ceiling demand. So 
essentially, national debt goes up. Treasury Department has to borrow more money to pay for government spending. And the legislative, essentially, control on this whole thing, on the borrowing that's happening with the Treasury Department, is the debt ceiling. So when the when the Treasury Department gets to the point where they've got up to what's authorized under the ceiling, Congress has to vote to either suspend or raise the debt ceiling so that the spending can continue at that point. Um, and the debt has tripled since about 2009 during that time. Uh, and the department, from time to time, the Treasury Department's ability to to borrow money runs into the congressionally mandated debt ceiling. And so it's, it's obviously a, something that comes up frequently, and you keep hitting up, hitting that ceiling, hitting that ceiling, hitting that ceiling, and, and moving it. Um, but so, so, I mean, that's, that's what you got. Potentially that's led to government shutdowns, the specter of default that comes, uh, into that. And you've got it coming up again here in 2023, but this was created in 1917, the debt limit or debt ceiling on this that sets the maximum amount of outstanding federal debt. The U S government can incur, um, that total national debt as of a couple of months ago was $31.4 trillion. Uh, The government has run a deficit averaging about $1 trillion every year since 2001, meaning spends that much more money than it receives in taxes and other revenue. So it does the borrowing to continue to finance the payments that Congress has already authorized, uh, essentially. So it doesn't increase the financial commitments. They're, they're legislated separately. But you also do have to have congressional approval on any of these to actually do it. So that is uh, that's where we're at right now. It's kind of a large, large uh, ten thousand foot view of exactly what the issue is exactly. Uh, and now they are they're getting into debates about how to do that and what comes along with that this time around. Um, yesterday, uh, the trial civil trial ended. In the E. Jean Carroll versus Donald Trump lawsuit, uh, closing arguments were made. The jury is going to take it over here, I would guess, within an hour or so here this morning. Author and former advice columnist E. Jean Carroll sued former President Trump in civil court, alleging battery and defamation. She says Trump raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman department store changing room in the 90s. The former president has said she is lying. His attorney, Joe Tacopina, told jurors Carroll did not scream out or call for help, never told police, and said this scenario was the exact same one from a law and episode and Carol just filed this years later for political reasons he also dismissed the testimony of two other women who said the former president previously assaulted them as well saying their stories have nothing to do with whether or not Carol is believable Jessica Rosenthal Fox News all right so that'll that'll go to a jury again this is a uh, this is not a criminal trial this is not brought by uh, the prosecutors by the state here this is a civil trial where Eugene Carroll is essentially suing for damages on those two counts on on battery and then defamation after the fact as well. And so this if there were a verdict here that was in favor of her, it would essentially be a judgment for damages that would go toward her, not any kind of a, a criminal penalty. And I mean, I don't think I don't think I'm surprising anybody by saying I don't know that it is going to impact a whole lot for better or for worse. It's, I mean, I'm not, I don't think there's it. I think that's one thing that we can probably generally agree on here at this point is that uh, whatever happens here just 
probably isn't going to have a whole lot of impact, at least in the the political ramifications of candidate Trump here going forward. So, but that decision could come down as soon as today uh, in in Hollywood and then around the country as well, where you've got writers for TV shows who are striking right now. You're starting to see the impacts of this on the shows that you might have been looking forward to that you had on the calendar ready to watch here in the coming weeks and months. And that's only going to increase if this thing doesn't get settled. The writer's strike has delayed the start of another popular series. Netflix's Stranger Things has been delayed by the inability of the Alliance of Motion Picture and TV Producers and the Writers Guild of America to come together on terms of a new contract. The show's creators posted on Twitter in part, while we're excited to start production with our amazing cast and crew, it is not possible during this strike. The Guild is seeking viewership transparency from streamers, increased wage floor, and protections against mini rooms and the use of artificial intelligence. Evidently. Elementary and Cobra Kai are among the shows halted by the strike. No! Michelle Polino, Fox uh, News. First of all, I can't believe Cobra Kai is still going, um, but nonetheless. <laughs> but the thi- Stranger Things, you already had an issue with that show, Caleb, in that the the characters season to season would grow so much they were almost unrecognizable from the previous season. That kind of happens when you're between the ages of... 13 and 21. Yeah. It's like, this This was six weeks later. No, man, that was right. like six and they years. Always, Have you seen them? Most of the seasons, if I recall, they tried to put in like, okay, some time has passed. We went through the summer or something happened like that. But I believe, if I remember, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I remember how the last season ended. It was like a cliffhanger moment right there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, I assume they're going to jump right back into that exact moment, but it will be what two and a half years since they shot the last one maybe it's going to be they're gonna look they're, they're gonna come back and they're gonna be like and now it's time to start junior year and every one of them is just taking shots and right, just they're lighting all up like cigarettes they're all 25 <laughs> but there's a long history there is a long history of people you know in their 20s or maybe even 30s being passed off as high school students in what was like or how, or, or in Greece how old, where yeah, you're like some say, of those dudes were definitely <laughs> how old was uh, John Travolta and his his gang and the uh, and everybody in Greece i yeah. mean they were they were in their some of them looked like they were in their 40s and in that movie some of those dudes looked like they had been working in the mines for the right. last 30 years or even or more recently in high school musical the, i mean those kids were not 16 a lot of them when they shot that thing. Yeah, they were all in their twenties, though. Right. Like yeah. you, you could tell that, man. <laughs> I always think when you're when you're looking at just the differences on playing high school characters, right? At least Stranger Things has legitimately got them ballparked. Yeah, I mean, goodness sakes, uh, Millie Bobby Brown's going to be married to John Bon Jovi's son by the time they get <laughs> exactly. uh, get back to to doing this whole thing. Uh, all right, other things that we've got going on. Uh, with sports betting coming to Nebraska likely this month, and as Caleb pointed out in his sportscast, also kind of becoming a big story this spring sports season in college sports. You already had the Alabama baseball coach who was dismissed related to allegedly some sports gambling issues and getting information out there. And now you've got both Iowa and Iowa State mm-hmm. having players on various sports who are being looked at. And and I think, by the way, just to, to clarify that story a little bit, and I guess we don't know for sure, and Caleb, you can you can tell me what you think on this, but it sounds to me like 
especially when you're talking about like wrestlers and stuff. It sounds like they were just they were just gambling on sports. Yeah, not necessarily like okay. yeah, cut, the, uh, shaving points or something. Because they all happen at the, have all happened within this last week and been talked about. You kind of lump what's going what the investigation is in Iowa with what happened in Alabama, where uh, allegedly the coach was betting against his own team, right? And or at least giving out information to help people, yeah, and get pulling it, yeah. your number one starter when you right. go against the number one team in the country. There's those types of things. What it sounds like out of Iowa is because you can do it on your phone. Is they were just pulling up an app and betting on NFL and NBA games. Yeah, it's probably what the, it's probably it, what they were betting. And, on, yeah. As opposed to opening up FanDuel and saying, "Well, I'm going to take Caitlin Clark to go over 22 points." Right? Like you probably didn't have that well, as much. I don't even know that. I don't think. I couldn't be corrected if I'm wrong, but I've I've looked at the the app when I'm in Iowa, uh, and I don't think college baseball is even on there. So, right. Uh, so yeah, I don't it's think, very specific. I don't sports think you books. could even you could even get that at most of those, and at least the the one that I've used in in Iowa, I don't think you can even get that. But yeah, but, it, it definitely seems like what was going on in Iowa is just general sports wagering, not anything that they're involved in college athletics wise. Yeah. Anyway. That's kind of a side, but since you've had, it hasn't been a long time, and we're starting to see, I don't know if growing pains is the right word, but some of the impacts of having this more widely legal in the United States. I mean, it seems like a long time ago, but there was a there was a time where you could only do this in Vegas legally and nowhere else. And now, not only are seeing some of the growing pains that come along with this, but you're also hearing about some of the revenues that states are seeing because of this. Not too long ago, it was faux pas for a professional sports team or league to have anything to do with gambling. These days, many of them not only embrace it, but encourage it through sponsorships and partnerships. In the five years since the Supreme Court allowed all 50 states to have sports gambling, a whopping $220 billion have been wagered on sporting events with legal gambling outlets. At the same time, the National Council on Problem Gambling says calls to their helpline have increased by 15% in the last five years. In addition, $3.6 billion in new tax revenue has been raised. John Saucier, Fox News. I, I will, yeah, I I will continue to say I'm glad that to the extent that Nebraska has done this, that they haven't done it. It is, it is a different animal when you can do it on your phone, I think. Than in person, and of course, you're going to get a whole lot more revenue and a whole lot more people that are doing it on their phone. But I think it is a whole lot more likely to turn into a problem issue. And so, you know, the voters did what they're going to do. Um, they they had their voices heard on this whole thing, and they okayed this. So that that's there now, and so the state doesn't have a lot of lot of say going forward. But um, in in just not doing it, but I think it'll be a significant difference in. How much it's used, but also how many problems that go along with it when you have to go in person to physical, like in Lincoln, you've got to actually go to the war horse to, to put these things down rather than having it at the palm of your hands. Just the, uh, because that offers, that offers like every second, every set. It's not just, it's not just anymore putting, you know, five bucks on who's going to win the game. Yeah. It's constantly changing things happening within the game. Every second, odds and different things are refreshed. Every there's there is an ability to be putting stuff down over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. even within the uh, within the same game. You've got several options on the outcome of the game, not not just the what would be called the money line, just five dollars on the Jets to win. Like right. that, it's not just that. It's well to win, to cover, 
first quarter score, second quarter score, and right. then you've got the the live money line where it's like, okay, well, they're ahead by so yep. much. Is that going to change who you're betting on to win the game? Is that going to change who you're betting on for the spread? The there options so many, never end. The options never end, and that's just the the overall game. Right. That's not even all the different things you can do with specific players right. and specific things happen. Right. Which, by the way, and again, I should point out, it, it is always interesting we have these conversations, too. Like, daily fantasy on your phone is legal in Nebraska, though. And that is, I mean, it is what it is. That's gambling, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's really not all that different. It's just instead of gambling on the... I, it's not different at all, essentially. All it is is, though, you're just stacking stacking groups of players and you're playing fantasy sports, essentially, on, on the whole thing. And you can do that through an app here in Nebraska. And I, sometimes I don't even think if lawmakers realize realize that that's happening. By the way, I looked up the uh, the ages for the Grease cast. Yes. Who do you think was the oldest of the main cast? Uh, what's her name? Um, what, Rizzo? Is that Rizzo? Yeah. Rizzo was 35. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. That's would have been my... That's not it? She was the oldest. She was yeah. the oldest? She okay, was I was right. Okay, now, good. I thought Sonny w- yeah. was going to be the oldest. He was actually one of the youngest ones on there. Oh, okay. John Travolta was 29. All right, all right. There you go. Grease trivia right here on KLIN. I was just curious, because that becomes the... when Because the, the high school musical kids were at least like early to mid 20s right and then you start to just look back and i think one of those things is everything that looks a little bit older everyone just looks older yeah when i it was the thing when when you're really little and you see everyone in high school and you're like oh by the time you get to high school you're like i definitely don't feel like i look as old (laughs) as those guys looked when i was 12 yeah it just continues throughout your life uh, let's see. We need to take a break, or we want to get one last one. In. one more. All right, we'll do. We'll do this last one. This is a crazy story with Frontier Airlines. Uh, a woman decided she needed to use the restroom right before she boarded the plane, and that completely changed everything about her day. Beverly Ellis Hebbard says she regularly flies Frontier Airlines. Now, back in November, she asked the gate agent if she could quickly use the restroom. When she came back, the flight was almost fully boarded, and she was rushed onto the plane. The problem was the plane was headed to Jamaica instead of Jacksonville. Once the plane landed, Ellis Hebbard was unable to leave the plane since she didn't have a passport. She was able to connect to a flight to Philadelphia several hours later. Frontier has provided Ellis Hebbard with a full refund. Chris DeMeo, Fox News. Okay, so at what point do you real? I mean, if you're listening, doesn't the pilot usually say at the beginning, hell, this is going to be a nice flight out to Kingston here. It should be about travel time of about two hours, 45 minutes. Conditions there right now, about 87 degrees, sunny skies. And sit back, enjoy the flight. I'll have the drink cart around here in just a moment. <laughs> like, at what point does she realize she's going to Jamaica? And then at what point does she realize, oh, man, I don't have a passport. I'd at least get out and go to Jamaica, but I can't. Well, and you got to wonder that because it's like, sweet, I'm in Jamaica. And they're like, you have to stay here. (laughs) Right. Right. All right. It's 657. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you favor traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 63 degrees in the capital city. Tuesday mornings, we check in. Uh, with the man that you can uh, 
See you on News Channel Nebraska and uh, see us reporting there. Reed is reporting as well. Joe Jordan. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How are you guys? I'm I'm good. Uh, boy, you know, uh, the, the one thing we've had a legislative session where you've had these kind of two hot button discussions going parallel and, and popping up at different times during the session. And now we have uh, we are going to combine them into one here at this point. It seems like uh, it seems like the ultimate way to get the maximum controversy, everything possible that went along with the lit. Maybe it's the perfect way to end this whole thing. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, well, there's, there's no doubt that it is really going to uh, bring this last 15 days of the legislature to a volcanic finish. Uh, both both sides are going to be uh, uh, at each other's throats on this thing. I mean, you're going to hear the complaints from the pro-choice side more than the pro-life side in terms of what's going on, the mechanics. Is this a backroom deal, last minute, all that kind of stuff. But the pro-life side uh, is taking a firm position that they want they want some kind of a ban, and I guess if, if, if twelve weeks is better than nothing is is where they are right now. So let's uh, let's kind of talk first about procedure, and then maybe about the the subject matter of this whole thing. So essentially, as I understand it, the uh, Senator Hansen essentially is amending the Let Them Grow Act, and this is the one about. Uh, gender affirming care for minors and j- simply just putting in the uh the the text re- relating to the 12 week ban for abortion uh is that is there anything that you're aware of is that permissible by the rules it must be is there going to be significant discussion or controversy on that what's that part of the discussion going to look like exactly it would surprise me if there's not a significant attempt by uh Hansen's opponents as it were to make the case, make one of two cases, uh, that A, and this has come up, this comes up time and again, when you get to the last session, last days of a legislative session, someone tries to attach something to a bill, and there's an argument that will be made, I, I presume, I almost find it hard not to believe it was going to come up, that, that Hansen's amendment is not germane to the initial uh, uh quote-unquote anti-transgender uh, piece of legislation 574, the Let Them Grow Act from uh, Senator Kauth. Uh, there's also it, the, the, the context being that when you make these amendments, it has to be germane, it has to have, have in relations, has, has a strong relationship to the, to the actual bill that you're attaching it to. And some are going to say, what does abortion have to do with, you know, whether or not how, uh, how a transgender individual receives health care. They're going to make the case that, that they're not germane and they, sh- and they shouldn't be in the same bill. Putting that aside, let's, if that fails, uh, there is in Nebraska what, is, what, we, what I think many have come to, to understand is called the single subject rule. And this, this comes up on, on petition drives all the time, and it also has to do with, with, with when something changes the state constitution. Uh, but that boils down to um, you can't have two, basically two big ideas in one piece of legislation. And this would be two big ideas in one piece of legislation. You'd have abortion and, again, transgender health tied into one, into one bill. Uh, it's not cl- totally clear to me if, if, that, if, that, if this bill violates a single rule because the single rule basically has to do with petition drives yeah. and constitutional amendments. 
so there's a there's a gray area there because this is, is as I understand it, this is neither of those. But it, it certainly changes the, the, the law in Nebraska, or would change the law in Nebraska, if we went to a 12-week ban from the 20-week ban we currently have. So I, I think you're going to hear both of those, the germaneness issue, the single uh, rule issue, single subject rule issue, as, as we go forward. Uh, my instincts tell me that th- this isn't going to rise or fall on that, right. on, 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 a, on a sort of a, a technical issue like that. It's going to rise or fall on on what one or two or three state legislators and how they feel about putting this all in one bill, uh, this last minute decision. Uh, that's where that's where I think this is really going to come down to. But, but before we move on to to that part of it, I get I, I agree with you. By the way, I don't. I, you know, I don't think it's I'm sure that'll be brought up by opponents, but I don't know that that will carry the day, sort of the procedural part of it. But would you expect like if this does go through, would you expect there to be, I don't know, lawsuits on this to to challenge the legislative process on this whole thing? Is that a recourse that would be available to opponents of this? Yes. And I and I and I presume that that would come. Okay. Uh, then the question becomes: let, let, Let's assume a lawsuit is filed, and I, I find it hard to believe one wouldn't be. Uh, the ACLU would step in. I would think, if nobody else, and I would imagine there could be others as well. Uh, then the question would be: Can they get it to a court and, in effect, stay, which means, as you know, delay uh, any legislation that was that was passed, uh, because otherwise you would have an abortion ban uh, in effect while people were fighting over whether or not it was done legally. So to me, that there, if it does get enough votes and gets to the legislature with this 12-week comp, quote-unquote compromise, yeah, I presume there's going to be a legal fight. And then to me, the big question is, would, would whichever court it winds up in, would they issue this stay, this delay, so that the legal fight goes on, but abortions in Nebraska would still be at the mm. 20-week ban, not the 12-week ban. Interesting. So that might be the next chapter if this passes. Now, back to the legislature, and the current question is, will it actually pass? I mean, it would seem to me, just from you know, somewhat, somewhat closely watching this whole thing, uh, that... If you've got Senator Rippey, the votes appear to be there for the 12-week ban. It would appear that the discussions on the Let Them Grow Act, on the transgender treatments um, uh, bill, that the votes are there for that. If I'm right about that, uh, if the votes are there for one and the votes are there for the other, does that mean that likely the votes are there for the combination of them? Or is that still a question that, that's out here for this? Well, I think the first question is, uh, is Senator Rippey a yes vote for this latest compromise. Right. Clearly, I assume so. I assume so, so, but I don't know. Well, he did tell, according to World Herald, he told them he's still undecided. The Nebraska Examiner has a report indicating that he is leaning towards uh, being okay with the 12-week, this new 12-week compromise. So uh, that's clearly to me in the gray area. Uh, whether or not he would. And the reason, the only reason I understand that he might be opposed to it, well, there's probably more than one reason, but one of them has to do with the fact uh, that Senator Hansen's amendment, yes, it's 12 weeks. Yes, Reapy's initial amendment was 12 weeks, but it's my understanding that Hansen's amendment is a bit more restrictive than Reapy's 12-week amendment because of the timing as to when the 12 weeks oh. uh, 
when, when, when in effect, the decision, or basically, when, when did life begin? Uh, in the uh, in the Hanson Amendment, it's at conception. Uh, in the Reefy Amendment, I'm sorry, I've got this backwards. In the Hanson Amendment, it has to do with the woman's menstrual cycle, and in the Reefy Amendment, it has to do with uh, the, the moment of conception. So, uh, apparently, from reports that I've seen, Hansen's amendment is more restrictive, and therefore be, it it may be tougher for Reefy to go along with it. Huh. But that's getting pretty technical, right. uh, and and I don't know how that's going to play out in the end. Uh, Reefy, I he has said he's made it very clear he's received a lot of heat on this since he did the twelve week thing. Yeah, uh, and yet you have to wonder would that would that be something that you know it was is that pressure building to the point where he you know he's ready to go? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch this thing play out in these final days. Yeah, well, I, I mean, but I feel like it's interesting that that technical divide may still be there because I feel like the the whole idea of this thing is to get him to vote for it, right? I mean, yes. the, the the whole thing, yes. and so it feels like you would want to be very sure that he's going to, or you're, at least you've drafted it in a way that is most likely that you would get him to. So if that's still something that's possible to to derail it. It's it. I guess it's a little surprising to me, but we'll we'll see what happens with that whole thing. And then and then I guess and I don't know too is is there are there people who are a yes on one and a no on the other or vice versa? Since these are together now, you've got to be a yes on on both essentially. And we're coming down to one when when one person defects, that's one too many usually on this thing. Yeah, absolutely right. And so I, and I think that's a good question. I think that uh, it's been reported. Uh, that there's one or two other senators on the uh, transgender side of this legislation that are concerned. Uh, now, it's my understanding that Hanson, along with amending the the abortion issue on the, on, uh, on the uh, Let Them Grow Act, he's also amending uh, some one of the, the transgender items, taking leaving only surgeries would be not allowed. Okay. And there's so been a lot of talk blockers, about that happening yeah. throughout this whole thing. And uh, I've read through the amendment. To me, it's not crystal clear, but the reporting I've seen on it says that, the, and, and Hanson apparently has said that this would be a, uh, surgeries only would be, would, would not be allowed. Uh, you'd still be able to do something with these uh, puberty blockers and what have you uh, and other medications. So if, if that's the case, that may swing a few other votes his way on that, on the transgender part of the legislation. But uh this is going to be a cat fight that we haven't seen the likes of in quite some time. And it, with the, with the, when you tie in the fact that we've got 15 days left, uh, the issue is itself. I mean, as you, as you as you began this discussion with me talking about how this has been so both these two items have been at the central, you know, ultra heated part of the legislature this year. You tie that together with the timing. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be volatile going these, these last two weeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, for for sure. Now is the so, but the 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 let them grow bill, the one that's been amended to include the abortions, that's already been through like through like rounds of debate and passage, right? So it just right. it doesn't change where it's at in the process, right? It just it, the, the amendment just jumps into wherever it was in the process at this point. Right. I'm pretty sure when you you can't you can't amend a bill on final reading. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think the, 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 in effect, what's going to be happening is when they debate 
It's, 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 I'm pretty sure it, in effect, sort of goes back to select file, the second phase of debate. Okay. And, the, and that's and and this and the, that's where the vote will take place as to whether or not it, it you can break this this logjam uh, and 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 stop the filibuster. Um, it's to be honest with you, it's not clear to me how much of a filibuster there could be on this. I think I think it would be four hours. Um, but I'm not 100% sure because I think it's so – I know select files a four-hour debate, uh, uh, but since it's at the final reading stage, maybe it's only a two-hour filibuster. Um, right. That's get a little bit out of my pay grade here, but I, there's no doubt in my mind there's going to be a filibuster, and, and how long it lasts, it, 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 we will have to wait and see. Wow. Wow. And they've got to get through, you know, obviously they're in the midst of budget, you know, budget stuff right now that they're doing. And that's all got to be done, too. And we don't have a whole lot of time left in this in this session. So it, it may add more time and and make this, you know, a, a, still another one where you're just not getting to a whole lot of other stuff during this. Session. Well, I would guess I would guess that as surprised as, as everybody was about this yesterday, that the that the pro quote unquote, the pro choice side of this argument uh, is coming up with their own surprise that if they can uh, to, to ward off what they see would be a huge defeat in their minds uh, were this legislation to pass. Yeah, maybe. And who knows what, what that would be. Um, but yeah, it, and we, I was starting to get a little bit off there. You, you kind of felt like there was enough. You thought that something was happening in the background. It did, it did seem like this was, there were some people that were on the pro choice side who were celebrating as if this were done, like this were done. Um, but there was always just this little sort of undercurrent, like, well, there is a situation where you still, this still might happen. So it's not totally surprising to you. It sounds like I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I'm not totally surprised that the, that something has, that something has come up. I find it incredible how well under wraps the, "Quote unquote pro life side was able to keep this uh, because it's, they've obviously been working on it for several days. Right. Uh, this, this 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 thing wasn't just written yesterday. Yeah. So they've obviously been working on it and keeping it under wraps. To me, was the surprising part that it didn't leak yeah. out prior to yesterday. And it, it's uh, it's just this is a completely obvious statement by it now, by me now after we've had all this discussion. But it really makes everything all or nothing, doesn't it? You know, it's th- yeah. th- there were paths where one of these passed, but not the other. In fact, that's look what looked like was going to happen. Now it's everything everything happens or nothing happens on these two most controversial issues. And, and, and Jack, I, I, I really can't stress this enough. When this is over, uh, this, le- this legislature is going to be at, at each other's throats for quite some time. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised to hear that. Uh, thank you so much, Joe, for the time discussing this and help us uh, kind of get a grasp on what's going on and what's yet to happen here with this. We do appreciate it. And uh, we've got a few more weeks left of doing this while the legislature's going on, and I'm sure more surprises to come. And so we'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? Thanks, Jack. Take care. There you go. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. 724, we will take a break. Get a check of sports from Caleb next on Lincoln's News and Talk 1499.3 KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, let's get things started today without any further ado with... Number five. Yesterday's city council meeting, a resolution that'll take effect on Thursday, the 11th, ends the emergency declaration regarding the COVID 19 pandemic. Yay! So, it's over! Now it's... We still have COVID in the uh, community, according to Pat Lopez. 
County Health Director and says that many of the services are going to continue to be available, including vaccines and all of that. Kind but of the stuff. emergency the, designation means that there are not those initial uh, those extra executive powers that you can correct. do under emergency, and then and then some of the other things that they were able to do with orders for like PPE and and that kind of stuff that went along with that as well. There have been a lot of people who have been calling for this for some time. Uh, but with the federal government going forward with theirs, I think that really cleared the way for this to actually happen. Lancaster and now, County did it. Lancaster, so yeah, and Lancaster County did as well. It ends on, on Thursday. The, I don't think any of us, Mark, to be honest, are realistically, unless you're in one of the industries or or something like that, the vast majority of people aren't going to be able to tell any difference between now and you know life on Friday when the emergency doesn't exist anymore. But... No, the, probably the big, biggest thing that'll be felt is Thursday is also the end of Title 42, which is the border uh, issue with uh, COVID. And they're expecting uh, up to five times the number of uh, crossings in the southern border on Thursday. They said it could be like a hundred and some thousand. It's the latest estimate I just saw from Fox. Okay. All right. So not, not that that's going to affect us here on Friday. But the the entire situation is affecting the whole country. All right. Well, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And so almost three years, just a little over three years um, since it went into effect, since all this stuff. We were just a few weeks into this in May of 2020 at that point. Remember realizing the, the school year was wrapping up and getting into this summer where... We were like, what are we going to do all summer <laughs> this year, yep. three years ago? And it seems like uh, it seems like longer ago than that to me when I when I think back of it. There are still things that I honestly I I think back of those times and I can't even imagine I can't even imagine what I can't imagine what this will feel like twenty years from now, twenty five years from now, when we're telling our our grandkids about this or or something like that, or people who didn't live through it because it already seems bizarre just a few years after the fact. But Short memories, nonetheless. Right. But there are still it is that was interesting to me. And one of the things I read about this, I didn't I did wonder if there are still cases popping up. And one of the things I read is there was still a there was a death here this month um, that the that the city reported and what like forty or fifty cases as well. Although I remember, man, I remember what was it, November of 20, was it 2021? It was November of 21, there, when they used to do the weekly right. the weekly reports, they had one week where it was like 1,500 cases in a week. Remember when they had that? I mean, it, right. there and were tons of them. But that's when all these testing sites were set up, you know, and the professional testing and all of that. Now everything is home tested. That's true. That's true. Nobody's and, lining up. And, and, and nobody's, you know, and if you it's do crazy. test positive, you're probably not going to report it. Yeah, that's probably true. I, man, I waited in line for 45 minutes at Gateway to get a fast response test, I remember. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Well, I went through North Star once and, and did it. Yeah. All these things your, that we did. Uh, eyes start to water. And- yeah. Oh, yeah. And went under the, Cal, I think two or three times I went under the parking garage at Gateway to get tested there through that whole maze. Yes. And you oh, haven't even had oh, it. Memory. And I still never got it. Uh, after all that, I never, never ended up getting it. So, knock on wood, hopefully never getting it. Number four. Those of abortion rights are hoping to resurrect a debate on the issue in the waning days of the legislature. Uh, yesterday afternoon, an abortion-related amendment to the bill that would ban gender-affirming procedures for minors was unveiled. The amendment would provide for a 12-week ban on abortion. Uh, it was put forth by Senator Ben Hansen. So this is what Senator Merv Reapy wanted, 
and it didn't happen on the on the heartbeat bill, and that eventually didn't get enough votes to get over a filibuster, and so that went away. And so now Senator Hansen is saying, "Okay, we will we will go with this to be able to get something done during this legislative session." And now, it, uh, hopefully, you heard that discussion I had with Joe Jordan. He would he did a really good job, sort of delving into reading some of the tea leaves on this. I, it sounds like there's still some question about where Senator Rippey will end up on this bill, and he's kind of the key vote. Maybe there are other key votes that we don't know about, or other potential swing votes on this. But it sounds like there's still at least some sense among those who are following this that it's unknown whether or not he will go along with this, whether there's still some technical issues on timing for when those 12 weeks run that may make him hesitant to do this, or if he's going to be, he's going to say, look, I was was for this generally a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be for it now when we go to this. So that's the question. But Mark, it really tees up, as Joe and I were talking about, it really tees this up. The two biggest, most divisive, controversial issues this legislature has dealt with during the year and all the vitriol that's come out of these two bills are now combined into one super bill and it's all or nothing now on on this well, thing. For this there's no more se- there are no more second chances during this legislative session for either of these. Well, if the amendment fails though to get attached to the uh, let them grow ad. They then, could, yeah, that's a good point. They, they you could, could still have the just the let them grow. Thing. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. That could also be there. But assuming the amendment gets attached, my yeah. point, my point yeah. stands. If if it if it fails, the heartbeat bill is dead. Right. Right. So, but if it does get attached, you've got it's it's yeah. all or nothing. It's it's abortion yep. and whatever restrictions are there on minors with the gender affirming treatment, or it's none of it, none of the bans yep. on on any of it. If it doesn't get the and votes, I, there. I would expect to see an amendment on the uh, Let Them Grow Act as well. Well, and it sounds like maybe that's within Hansen's amendment that he made. Okay, so from I got that's from the, the from, surgical. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what Joe. I, I have indicating. not found a copy of that amendment yet. So I think I have one. I'll send it to you. Uh, so. the, yeah, the state's website was down when I got to work. Yeah, you. Yeah, were it you saying up, all of the state websites were down? Everything you could not get on the state Yikes. website, state patrol, and it came back just before six o'clock. Ooh, I wonder what happened there. I hope that was not a... I tried for the governor's office, Department of Health and Human Services, State Patrol. Okay. All gave error messages. hope that was just a, a technical were, issue and not something that was uh, an attack, essentially. I, I hope they were doing maintenance. And, yeah. yeah. but Maybe they were given the time that it happened. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number three. Kind of a bizarre story. A 25-year-old Lincoln woman is jailed. She headbutted, allegedly, an eight-year-old girl Friday afternoon outside of Everett Elementary. What? Uh, the kids were walking along 11th and C, the southwest corner of Everett. Mary, or Molly Joe Taylor approached the group, shouted a nasty word at a girl, lunged toward her head first, and headbutted her. And then uh, a teacher got involved when she tried to evidently headbutt another student. My goodness. Thank goodness the teacher was out there. Yeah. Apparently a 30-year-old woman, the teacher, was there to... Um, to at least be aware of what was happening, and I assume call the call the authorities right away. Um, yeah, she took off. She ran when the uh, teacher grabbed her, uh, but uh, police, I guess, got called and found her nearby, and she's in jail. Okay. All right. Well, who knows what all went into that situation, but sounds like a contusion on the girl's head, but she's going to be okay after that, but certainly a scary, ridiculous moment for them to, to have to have gone through. Uh, All right, next. 
number two. Nebraska baseball on the road to Creighton tonight. Two teams will resume that suspended game from last month, and then uh, they'll play in the series finale. So what? what so uh, ba- what's what? Charles Charles Schwab. Schwabfield at yes. the Chuck. It, it the used Chuck. to be. I, it used to be TD Ameritrade. I know. That's what they I, keep changing all these. Omaha. Thank goodness in Lincoln they haven't been changing the names of all these things because between the. Between the CHI Center and the Quest Center, (laughs) and that's had three different names in the baseball stadium. That whole area. Yeah. And and didn't they rename the the Ralston Arena like first? Yeah, I think you're right, too. Hey, shout out to Pinnacle Bank for staying consistent on those naming rights. Why don't you keep doing that so I don't ever have that? That confusion that goes along with this, but anyway, back to the back to the games. It'll be here on KLIN. A kind of a strange situation, Caleb. Nothing like just starting up a baseball game with the bases loaded in a huge key situation, one pitch right away, and uh, that's what it's going to be tonight. Yeah, it's in the bottom of the seventh. Bases loaded, tie game. In, no outs. Right? No no outs. Gabe Swanson, who by the way is in the top ten in the Big Ten in home runs. Behind Bryce Matthews yeah. and Max, it's like he could get in this home run race if he had a cute quietly a just kind of sitting right there. Things could go right now. Nebraska is the home team in this in, in this suspended game. game that'll start up at five. Okay. So yeah. Nebraska is the home team may bat just two times because if they get a lead and then they get out of it right. in the top of the ninth, and then you hang out until the regularly scheduled game at seven, where Creighton is the home team. Right. Right. It'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, you've got a lot of time to think about how to strategize what you're telling Swanson to do. Are we swinging away? Are we trying to get the sack fly? We've got a squeeze uh, squeeze play on. What are we going to do exactly? Pace is loaded, no out. Squeeze play. Yeah, probably not the best decision, but nonetheless. I don't know how fast is he? They've had a lot of time to think about that, <laughs> that whole process. I'm curious what you think. This game probably doesn't have a lot of... Real, it obviously doesn't factor into whether or not Nebraska gets into the Big Ten tournament. As we've said many times, Nebraska needs to win the Big Ten tournament to continue their postseason run at this point. So, what do these games? What do these games mean? Do you think exactly for Nebraska? Well, now? and because these are your last midweek games until you get to get to the conference tournament, where you'll be playing on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Um, these games, one, they've got the part of pride, which you've heard Will Bolt talk a lot about how. Guys just didn't come out with any fire to start some games. Okay, well, can you show up at your rival who's had your number? Like, you haven't played well against Omaha teams the last several years. Can you just show up in a good situation and come out with a little bit of fire, carry that into your final non-conference game? The other part of it is your pitching. Can you just get some guys some innings where they feel really good about themselves Going into your last two weekends of conference ball, so it's almost like it sounds like you're it's talking very about much a, a tune-up, a confidence builder too. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah there's so much because you already know with this game tonight, the results don't matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, with with the record, it's nice to get two wins tonight, but the results don't matter because you have to win the conference tournament where this team is to get into regionals. It's all about those conference it, games. It's all about yeah. that. So it's it's Still. not going to have any impact. Get some confidence. Get guys feeling really good about themselves. Build that and then go into your last two weekends to make the conference and tournament. let's be honest. It's always nice to beat Creighton. Yeah, just beat Creighton. There we go. Okay, I got a question. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. What's the broadcast schedule? Because this thing's all screwed up this afternoon. Okay, so at 4.55, you will get an itty-bitty pregame. <laughs> oh, so it's a 
So five see, o'clock. See why I was confused. Yeah, so five o'clock first pitch is what we'll call that um, as they resume the game. That'll go during 83rd the third pitch. Yeah, first ish pitch. Um, so they'll go. They'll play out the game. Assume that that's going to get done in the five o'clock hour. We'll jump into um, a little bit of Mark Levin, depending on how long things take, and then you'll pick up you'll pick up Sports Nightly about six o four. That'll run till the bottom of the hour, where you will get the regularly scheduled pregame for the game set first pitch tonight, seven o'clock. I almost wish I hadn't brought it up. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, that resumed game at five. Regularly scheduled game at 7. What if they go to extra innings? <laughs> I, I, I wondered that. Just keep it going. All-nighter here, baby. <laughs> we'll have it for you if they do. Number one. Well, Wendy's getting into the AI, uh, automating their drive through using artificial intelligence chatbot-powered natural language software. Google uh, is doing that. It's tr- supposedly trained to understand a myriad ways customers order off the menu. So we'll see where that goes. So they've got it already in their uh, Columbus, Ohio restaurant, which is where they originate from. Um, yeah, that's their corporate headquarters. Yeah, the corporate headquarters are there, so they've tried it. I don't know. Like, is that. Could, isn't there an easier way than doing a whole, whole AI process for the. For that thing, I mean, have you ever gone through the uh, the Mister Good Sense with the touch screen over there on Eighty yes. Fourth Street? Well, I, I like that. I like that. What? Has <laughs> it not always been? It's not always the most user friendly experience. Well, I don't know. If, if, when you're if you're just going with a regular saying regular order, yeah, with maybe one modification. Well, if you got more than one modification. I feel like it's easier to do that with a touchscreen than it is verbally, though. Oh, with, with sa- yes, ordering I- sandwiches, I think these things are made for sandwich places, especially. Yeah, I like, would. Going through the, I once went through the sub, the drive-through at the subway years ago uh, here on O Street, and trying to explain to them the, because you normally go through the line and they're like, okay, you want this uh, pickles, you want all of these. Trying to do that, I felt bad for the employees there, like trying to go through that whole process verbally without being able to see anything so it works well there but i assume the ai chat box just listens to what you say and then and then translates it onto a computer screen essentially and so the people inside then can can you know see the what boy how many times does that get screwed up though i can't like just knowing the way that people order I can't imagine. That's got to be a hard algorithm to make, right? Well, and and just think of it. If if you're on and one of those uh, microphones or the speaker goes and you end up, yeah. That what what's it able to do that? Because so, you're I like, mean, I want two number ones, but I want the first one without cheese, yeah. and I want the I want the second one with extra mayo. And then the, uh, you know, I mean, can, you're going to have to order each one individually. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. It, Maybe it'll work great. Andy asks why people aren't just ordering on the app. That's another. Right. Exactly. That's a great question, too. That's a much more. I would, I would rather see the AI in the app where you can actually, you know, retrieve it and look at it. Right. Well, and, that's that's one of the nice things about the apps for these restaurants is they save all your orders and you can get really quick. Go go really quick to these things. Especially but, if you had a boring appetite. I just don't know. This is a really stupid thing to say. I admit it. But like, and I could figure this out easily. But like, 
true drive-through restaurants like a Wendy's, like a McDonald's, like I don't even quite know how I how the apps work with those. Like I get how Chipotle works because their drive-through is only for people who order on the app, but I don't know. Like if you do, you, have you done the McDonald's app, Mark, or nope. not? You don't do that. Nope. You're still old. I should have known. Old that. school. I should have known that. But what do you do when you get up to the board? You just like I have an online order, and they're like, okay, probably. Well, they they got that automated uh, thing. Will you be using our? Uh, app order today or something? Oh, really? It's got something it's like got that. Something. Okay. And then you, j- I just say nope. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, I well. do that same thing at Freddy's. You you put in your order and they'll be like, "Well, if you're uh, if you're using the app, make sure you have it out." I go, "I don't got it, but I'll still pay when okay. I come around." All right. I uh, when I do it from Jimmy John's, I just always do the thing where you go inside and pick it up <laughs> for some reason because yes. I. Yeah, what I do. I, that's what I always do. I do, do feel weird. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I, I do that, but I do. I pull up and go, so I did an online order? <laughs> I know. I can, don't want to do that. Can I just pull up? Are <laughs> we good? I do that because I do, the drive through <laughs> thing, doing that through the drive through is weird. I don't know why. It's dumb that I do that, but I do. All right. 750. Well, if the order screwed up, you got to blame yourself. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. 756 LK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's a soft grin. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on a Tuesday morning, 63 degrees in the capital city. Don't forget, we got Dr. Ken Dewey coming up in 25 minutes. Talk. Exactly what the onset of summer is going to look like here and uh, what's going to be happening through the rest of severe weather season. Is it ever going to rain? You know, all those deep questions that we ponder while we're falling asleep at night. But first, this time to say hello to Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Jason, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm sad to admit I cannot tell you whether it's going to rain It's or not. sad. I would yeah, like to yeah. know. It would. Well, the answer is just generally no. So <laughs> that's, that's If usually, I were a betting man. That's yeah. usually the safe way to, uh, to go with this, but we'll find out what Dr. Dewey has to say here. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Good. How are you, Jack? Good. Very good. Uh, Lincoln Marathon just ra- Speaking of weather, I think the marathon runners would have appreciated a little less heat. Yeah. They might have even taken some rain on, uh, on Sunday morning, but... Uh, I know you guys have a water station there, which was probably well used uh, yes. during during the course of the race. And I know it's a it's a huge event too for the city of Lincoln. Just kind of curious, your thoughts here, you being a runner yourself here. Yeah, well, and so I, I participated in the marathon this year. Uh, completed it uh, in my goal time, which was not competing uh, for any sort of medal. Really? So, well, congratulations, yeah. anyway. Yeah, that thank was the you. full. The, you do the full. Did the full. Yep. How hot did it get at the end? It uh, the struggle bus really hit me at twenty three. I miles. heard people who it ran was, the full were really good runners yeah. said the same thing well and, and i i think this is the only race where i may have consumed more water than i sweated out yeah uh, it uh, 
and, and I got to give credit to the the race organizers, the two thousand volunteers. Uh, you know, the chamber team, as you mentioned, uh, staffed the the first water station close to mile three. There were so many people out there handing out so so much water. So that race was handled as safely and as carefully as could be. And then we still had achievements like the the record getting broken. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought this would be the year that that would happen. But I guess if you go that fast, it doesn't get that warm. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> For people that live on a different planet that can move like that uh, uh, 215 yeah. or whatever it was 216 yeah. and change yeah My and goodness. beat the record by i think 15 seconds yeah. like what what an achievement and that person adding insult to injury is 45 yeah. and i am 45 i know so me too I just, me too i'm thinking well at least on. you ran it yeah so uh, so you got that but i don't yeah. know that uh, even even and i've i've ran in the half before and i've been out and cheering in the past and, and been out during the whole thing but even i don't think i quite appreciate just how big of a draw this is to people from out of town that come in to do this oh yeah yeah we had in fact it was funny in the the corrals before the race kicked off you know i had a friend of mine from sioux falls that i ran with didn't know he was going to be in town just bumped into him we get people coming in from all over the nation um it's you know it's well recognized to be a generally flat course compared to other marathons that are out there except for when you turn off uh old highway two there and go toward the country club that that hill is rough at least at least for the half i don't know about you guys doing the full but that that one hit me Yo, when uh, i did it a few years cre- ago cresting the dam at holmes lake is, is also the other not one? a pleasurable oh, experience yeah, yeah 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 you don't quite have as many people out there cheering as you did early in the yeah, race either yeah. that's funny yeah. But uh, but it's it's still better than what people go through in other uh, Kansas City, very known yeah. for running a good marathon, but it's a very hilly, hilly. place to Omaha. To I know is hilly yeah. too. Yeah. So uh, so we benefit from that, and that gets us a lot of uh, a lot of people traveling in uh, to get an early season uh, official race time, and it's it's a well respected race. I think runners increased this year to over six thousand, and that was that was an exciting thing to see. Too. Maybe listen, I'm just spitballing here though. You know, you've already heard my idea about the two dual golf courses that are always with the wind yep. in the city of Lincoln. I think this is building off of this theme. If we're already getting people in here, mm-hmm. is there any way we could build a 26-mile descending track, consistently descending track, you know, around the outskirts of the entire city there, and it could be the first marathon that's 100% downhill? Uh, so I, I think anything's possible. <laughs> okay, I would love you. I would love to know about this, uh, but true story, uh, those races do exist. Do they? Yes, yeah, That the, the, the 100% downhill uh, net marathons do exist. I would just nation. put on padding and I would just lay on my side and just roll. Yep, yep. <laughs> the entire way. You got to you got to strengthen your knees for those. That's Th- good. Those will those will chop good. your legs. Well, off. I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> it, it went well for you. And I'm glad yeah. it went well too for yeah. for everyone else as well. Um, National travel and tourism. We talked to Jeff Mall about this last Friday. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of curious about your your perspective on how you see Lincoln fitting in that whole world of travel and tourism, and not only now but kind of going forward and into the future as well well yeah and this is uh, what i wanted to attach to thoughts about the strategic plan really is how central increasing our entertainment and visitor assets really really are to that plan and what we're moving forward on everybody knows about the ball fields getting built everybody's heard me come on this program and talk uh, about the need for a convention center and the opportunity that that's going to bring here. Um, the, the visitor economy is inherently tied to the success of the future of Lincoln. And I know, uh, Jeff Mahal on our team really loves to say that, that, uh, tourism is the purest form of economic development. I've told him, I don't care what's the purest form of economic development. Strong economies 
have both. They have a, mm-hmm. they have a strong economic development, business growth uh, set of activities, as well as they have a, a, a strong visitor asset and tourism industry. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's fun to celebrate that this week because there's so much in Lincoln. These are, I think, uh, companies and, and organizations that, that, that sometimes aren't kept in the front of mind when we think about what economic development means. And so insofar as we look at how economic growth works, Tourism hospitality is is a big big deal here in Lincoln, and we're going to succeed on it in the future. Yeah, and and, and I think Lincoln's kind of uh, d- developed in the right way on some of those things too. I th- the first thing that comes to mind for me, at least, is is just continuing to see as, for instance, as Pinewood Bowl and the arena are rolling out their yeah. their schedules for concerts. The lead center is going to have Hamilton, just sort of coming in for these fine arts and concerts and stuff. It seems like there's a better offering of of that kind of stuff, more variety more frequency than well i'm sure it is than there has been you know ever in lincoln at this point and that's a, just a part of it but that's one that always sticks out to me look we're we're punching above our weight i mean uh 20 years ago would you have ever imagined that we'd have a 420 concert featuring snoop dogg i mean <laughs> the, the, like right. lincoln's got so much that's happening and i and the, you know i'm kind of joking around when i talk about that but i i really do think it's stuff like that that is a marker of the maturity of the community and and again it's an opportunity to double down on it we we need to do more uh i, I think there are always going to be markets that that feel like there's opportunities that they're looking for to come here and and i'm thrilled that we have you know folks like tim savona at, at pba uh a, a team that jeff works with at the uh, visit lincoln formerly convention mm-hmm. and visitors bureau yeah. that, that is just so so good at, at in the jar out. yep I know. <laughs> he almost caught me on yeah. live air um but it's 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 such an exciting time uh right now and we're just so proud of of how um prominently the tourism and visitor industry is featured in the the visit lincoln plan uh vitality lincoln plan boy i'm having a rough morning it's all right uh which you can go see at lcoc.com vitality lincoln plan. uh big day tomorrow for for the chamber with the face chamber which is sold out but uh people who are going to be there get a chance to hear from uh new head football coach huh Matt yeah. Rule gonna be there you, you know i i have been excited about this one ever since he rolled into town Obviously, he had a lot of work to do in the first few months to yeah. to get up and moving, but we had really put up our flag and said we would like to be part of an opportunity to introduce coach to the business community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's been so exciting. We you know we we moved venues. It was it was going to need to be in a larger venue, and so we've got about five hundred people coming to lunch tomorrow. A nice quiet lunch with coach, uh, and he's going to uh, you know be able to talk about where he's headed with the team. Um, I hope he'll talk about what his observations are as a newcomer to the community, and we just want to welcome him and celebrate what he's doing. Yeah, should be yeah. great and uh, a good chance to hear from him. And cool that he would come do a chamber event like that, too. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. And, and the other thing that, that we're you know really excited about doing is just underpinning for Coach, as well as the other folks that he works with, is how economically important this football program is and, and all of UNL sports. Um, are to the economy of Lincoln. I mean, we, we see the people that are traveling in here for, for various games, again, of any sport. Um, you know, the, the national prominence, particularly with the volleyball program right now is just so exciting to see. These are true economic drivers of what keep Lincoln on, on the front edge of people's minds. And so we're, we're excited where he's going to take things and just want to welcome him here. Um, 
real quick here, I want to I want to hit a couple other things here while while we've got a chance. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to bounce down with the legislature here. We're um, we're getting toward the end, but we're also getting toward some of the the things that you've been talking about a couple of times when you've come in here, and those are bills of interest to Lincoln. Uh, just what are you, what are you kind of expecting here when it comes to especially convention center? Uh, I know the water one is is still an issue as well. What's what what do we still have to happen, and how optimistic are you about these? Yeah, so I'm cautiously optimistic, and as we're learning again this week, there's there's really no predicting what's going to happen in this yeah. session. But but in particular, we had talked about um, four community consensus issues. Those were Water 2.0, affordable housing, and the Lincoln Convention Center, in addition to uh, a, a mega site uh, in between Lincoln and Omaha and, and the East Beltway. And so uh, mega site is still floating out there a little bit. We're still working on that, but there's been some, I, I think, other priorities identified in, in the body. Um, East Beltway, uh, I, I credit uh, Senator Ballard for, for bringing that forward, but I think that's going to be something to, that we'll talk about in a future session, probably next year again. But um, Water 2.0 has been added to, uh, uh, to another package of bills, and that had started out as LB 506. Affordable housing, again, added to another package of bills. That's an LB 707. And the, the convention center, which is probably going to end up being a sales tax turn back type of financing mechanism, probably not the um, just direct cash injection that we had started out the session proposing. Um, that's that's still part of a package of bills. We're really excited about it, and, and senators are working on that. That's LB 709. So we're, we're, we're feeling cautiously optimistic right now about the condition of, again, that package of community consensus agenda items. Mm-hmm. And session. when you say turn back tax, is that similar to what happens with, like, was there, was did the arena funding, is that something similar to what they have for the arena? I know they've done that in other parts of the state, state too. Yeah, so, so uh, functionally, I want to be clear. This is not a new tax. It would not raise anybody's taxes. This would be this would be sales tax collection that go to the state that are then turned back to support uh, specific portions of infrastructure so, for a public uh, works project. Like so, that. it's essentially the state moving the money from its coffers to this project. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a uh, it's it's a little bit like uh, uh, six and one half a dozen in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is still an important uh, opportunity to work with the state in a way. Way that uh, I think other communities are also very supportive of this type of mechanism, um, and so there's I think just a broader consensus among the members of the body. This is a, a, an approach that they're more uh, comfortable with, I think. And then, last but not least, is uh, the university uh, semester is ending. We're getting yeah. towards summer here. You're going to have uh, interns who are either staying in town, maybe even coming to town, and I think probably more and more than ever, just given the volume of some of the new companies that are using interns here in like, newish companies, but. The the opportunities that are here have increased for internships, and you've got a program that uh, the uh, the hope is, hey, we want to get the interns not only involved in what's going on, connecting with each other, but maybe even more connected with the city as a whole, and hopefully get them to stay around here after that. Yeah, so the, the My Turn Internship Program, it goes back to 2017. I think I've talked about it on this program before. Um, and for folks that want to find out more, they can go to My Turn, T-E-R-N. So My Turn as an intern, we're playing with it. My T-E-R-N lnk.org or you can contact Kaylee Hogan Schnitker at our office and uh, uh, look every year we know this city brings in uh, several hundred interns usually it's about 300 that are participating in this program we know there's more in the city and we're, we're well aware of the, the the fact that if I'm an intern and I go to work and have a great experience at a company but then that's my only experience with a city that I may not be familiar with mm-hmm. 
I'm less likely to return to it. I may, I may love the job I had. I may love the company that I worked with, but I'm not building bonds or connections to the city. And so part of our workforce uh, growth opportunity is as these interns are also looking at what they want to do, a company's getting a look at an intern, see if they want to hire them. That intern's also evaluating this community. Is that a community I want to be part of? So if we show them philanthropies that they can be involved with, show them all the arts and entertainment and hospitality assets that we were talking about, we know it makes them sticky. And then they, the really important one is if they socialize with their peers, particularly for folks that, that don't have connections in the city. If they're able to meet someone new who maybe does have a connection here, is staying here, mm-hmm. it makes that person more sticky to stick around sure. as well. Sure, makes sense. It yeah. makes a lot of sense and great people to have stick around the community all right a lot going on appreciate your time jason and uh we'll catch up with you here in a couple weeks all right it's pleasure are the, as always are your Thanks. legs still sore or are we uh are we through that phase yet? oh it's just a long run on sunday i'm back at it every morning <laughs> all right very good hey thanks jason i appreciate it we'll talk to you again soon it's 8 24 got to check sports coming up next dr dewey in 20 minutes on lnk today with jack and friends 15 minutes i should say on klim you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 65 degrees in the capital city. Maybe some rain coming in later today. Well, I, wish I shouldn't be the one offering information on that. Our next guest should be doing that. It's uh, our longtime weather and climate guru, Dr. Ken Dewey, joining us right now. Dr. Dewey, good morning. How are you doing on this Tuesday morning? Good morning. I'm doing great. How was spring? I missed it this year. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, you were. Away. I'll tell you what. It's been dry is the main thing that I've noticed about it. Generally, generally dry, and then kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah, where where have you been? Why did you miss spring this year, Doctor Dewey? Well, I was out of town for a month. I was in the desert southwest, and it was interesting because as I was traveling I seventy, there was a sign that said Avalanche area, and I said, Yeah, right. And all of a sudden, the snow slid right on down to the right lane of the westbound. Oh. And I swerved around it, and I go, okay, well, there's some avalanches, but at least it didn't impede my travel. Uh. But listen, you know, it has been all over the place, and it all began back in March, because January and February were warmer than normal, and we certainly didn't have a snowy winter, Jack. 14 inches of snow the entire winter, I used the snow blower but once. And as we went into March, things just seemed like it was stuck and cold and dreary. And then we went into April and April was kind of colder than normal. And then all of a sudden it's 90 degrees, no more freezes. And that switch, that proverbial switch we talk about every year and it was flipped. And the day I came back, it was 91 degrees in Lincoln. And I went, oops, I missed spring. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it it feels like you did. And it, but it took a long time to get that switch flipped, which you point out, it was not, I mean, it was just, just days ago, it feels like, where we were covering up, uh, pots outside and, and, uh, just worried about the impacts of a freeze. That wasn't, that was just days ago here at this point. So I don't know if that's later than usual or what, but it does feel like it finally hit now. Well, ironically, and of course, you look at the data, and the data don't lie. You can lie with data, but the data themselves don't lie. Um, our last freeze was into May, just a couple days, and that was within a few days of normal. And our first 90-degree temperature was one day away from normal. So after all of these extremes, we're, we actually had a transition into spring with our last freeze and our first 90-degree weather that were pretty normal. And right now, of course, it's exceptionally warm with every day in the 80s. 
and it'll catch up to us. If it stays like this until July, the 80s will be colder than normal. But for right now, we've gone into the red zone after spending about a month and a half in the blue zone, which is the below normal area. The biggest thing, Jack, and you've alluded to that, is the precipitation departure. We didn't have much last month, around a half an inch. And, you know, May is our wettest month of the year. We average almost five inches of water. We've had, officially at the airport, a tenth of an inch, a little bit heavier in some areas of the city. We're one inch below normal for the month of May. We're about three to maybe four inches below normal for the year. All of this can be made up. We don't want to have a four-inch rainstorm because then it just runs down the roads and the gutters. But we do need rain. It is very, very dry across our area. We remain in drought, and that's a concern, especially if it starts getting really hot. Now, Jack, you're not a big fan of irrigating your lawn, and neither am I. And the month that we were gone, we had family living at our house, but I told them, no, don't put on the irrigation system. We'll just wait and see. My lawn was still green when I got home. So the demand for water by our lawns, it's not big yet. And the nights are cool and everything kind of quiets down. But once we start getting into consistent 90 or 100 degree heat, um, then we're going to have to start irrigating unless we get some timely rains. Then you just heard in the, in the forecast coming up the next few days, there's a, there's a chance of some more rain. But this is not a winter type situation where everybody gets about the same amount of precipitation. These are hit or miss thunder showers and some places benefit from them and other places it just goes around them. Yeah, it's interesting. Speaking of lawns, you know, you're right. The the parts of the lawns that are alive and and healthy haven't needed needed to be watered a whole lot so far. And and I agree with you on that. But I've noticed not only my lawn, but boy, it, it feels like a bunch of them in the neighborhood came up this year with dead spots that weren't there in the past. And I wondered how much of that had to do. I guess we've had dry winters before, dry springs before, but how much that might have had to do with what just this this winter was like from a precipitation perspective. Well, of course, I noticed that in my own yard yesterday as I was walking around and it was getting mowed. And I said, wow, look over here. There's some dead areas, but hopefully it will spread. I'm wondering, too, whether just a dry spring will do that or maybe the lack of consistent snow cover so that our lawns were subject to big temperature swings. You know, in February, it went to nine degrees below zero. And without a thick snow cover, that cold can penetrate down into the ground. Um, It looks like all of the ornamental bushes and the trees and everything in my yard went through the winter just fine. But there are some dead spots for the lawn. And of course, if you're going to seed your lawn, don't wait till July. By then, it's just too hot. Um, That should be done right now. And the pre-emergent for weeds and all that should be put out by, uh, by now as well. Uh, Dr. Ken Dewey joining us right now, our weather and climate guru. So what does what does normal look like for now, now that we are into May? It felt like so long, Dr. Dewey. I was looking at those, uh, the 6- to 10-day forecast and the long-term forecast that the NOAA would put out and saw that blue splotch every time. I feel like about a month I kept looking ahead at that thing and hoping it would finally get red. And now it finally has for the month of May. So what does that portend for the rest of this month, uh, especially in terms of temperatures? Well, Jack, we're not going to talk about snow. So good. That's good, right? Good. And I don't think we're going to talk about freeze. But the interesting thing is we have had freezes as late as now. Let's just take a look at today. The record low for today is 30. 
The record low for Thursday is 29. So in the 137 years of data, it has gone to and below freezing this late into May. Not this year. The record high for today is 97. And in a few days, the records are going to be up into the hundreds. For example, this coming Sunday, the record high is 100. But let's go back to your question, and that is, what is normal this time of year? And the temperatures rise from right now, the average high is 72. So you can see with highs in the upper 70s and 80s, that's warmer than normal. By the very end of May, the average high is 81. But there is no sign that we're going to have 90 and 100 degree heat stick. So I guess it's really good news for people. We're out of the, the horribly just persistent, you know, like it just was uncomfortable um, in April. Just did not want to warm up and yeah. stay warm. You can sit outside now of an evening. It's pleasant in the mornings. Um, and the, by the end of the month, the record highs are consistently 100 to 105. But we're not going to have that kind of heat. It's not showing up. And looking at the long range, whether it's two weeks or the rest of the month or even the next couple months, it doesn't look like there's a heat switch that's going to get put on. That's our big worry. It always is every year, Jack. Are we going to go from this kind of pleasant early summer weather uh, where it's really warm during the day? And I noticed last night it got too chilly to set out on the deck, even though it was up around 80 in the afternoon. So, is it going to suddenly switch into hot and dry? No, no sign of that. But it also doesn't look like it's going to be a consistently wet pattern either. So we've started a kind of mini drought, if you will, continuation of dry conditions um, back in uh, April. It's continued on into May. Um, it depended upon where you live in Lincoln, Lancaster County. Um, you're kind of low on moisture. Gardens will have to be hand watered because obviously they need water frequently. Lawns, Boy, that's a tough call right now. I still don't have my irrigation system on. I'm holding off. Um, I don't really want to use the water if I don't need it. Mm -hmm. So the month of May, we're gone from the, the blue zone, if you will. And at best, by the end of the month, if it stays like this, it'll return to normal. But nothing of a prolonged nature, cold and damp and raw and like, you know, when is it really going to get nice? It is nice yeah. right now. This is because that could happen still in May. I mean, I remember Memorial Days even that were just, you know, gray and windy and, and it felt like, uh, you know, it, it felt like too cold to be doing anything outside. So that's not yeah. completely out of the question this time of year. No. Well, Jack, you told me, uh, can I talk about snow? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, back in 1947, on May 29, it snowed in Lincoln. Not measurable. It was just a trace of snow. And the low for the morning was 32 degrees. Mm, so, yeah. We, yeah, it can happen. There's no sign of anything like that. I mean, even on May 28th, the record low is 34 um, and, you know, there are other days, all the record lows are in the low to mid thirties, um, the last week of May. So, but the record highs are 105 degrees. Yeah. So we seem to have found a sweet spot, if yeah. you will, where it's just going to stay right here in the middle. June last year saw 100 degree heat. We'll see if that happens again this year. And that happened to occur right. The, the hottest day in June was our first day of weather camp, which was uncomfortable for the kids that have come to Lincoln, Nebraska from other parts of the country, wondering what kind of a place is this that we live in? Yeah, and uh, you've got weather camp coming up again this year, too, correct? We, we do, Jack, and the weather camp, we have two more spots that are still open. So I'm if people want to register their kid, it's high school age, going into high school, um, and if, if, the, if, if you're 
if your child is just going into high school or even just out of high school, um, the uh, Weather Camp has two more spots available to fill, and then it'll reach its capacity. Um, the deadline is this Friday for regular registration, and then after this Friday, they have to pay extra. What fun. You know, everybody loves talking about the weather. Uh, in Nebraska, sports number one. Hey, did Nebraska win their football game last month? <laughs> yes, they did. You, 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 you missed it, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know, it's not much of a joke. I realize that. <laughs> Everybody likes talking about sports, obviously, but weather's number two in discussion here. And then occasionally politics slips in there to number two, but there it's out of the out of the area today. So the if you have a, a kid and everybody loves about talking about weather, and if you have a kid that loves weather and I know they're out there, they they immerse themselves in a whole week of weather experiments and weather guests and they learn about weather careers and all that kind of stuff. So that is coming up, and it's easy to find. It's just Lincoln Weather, you know, where we normally yep. send people. LincolnWeather.unl.edu is the main website that I maintain. And then you'll see a link there to Weather Camp after that. But enough about that, Jack. Do you have more yeah, questions I do. about the weather pattern? I do. Um, let's talk a little bit about severe weather uh, setting up a couple of nights ago, Sunday night, to look like that might be something significant. And it was in certain parts of the area. It was not in Lincoln, like you said. Ended up with a, a tenth of an inch. I'm just curious what you make of the severe weather season thus far and uh, whether or not you know you see that being a significant factor going into the month of May and going forward. Well, you know, it, we've switched from the last time I was on air in March talking about when is winter going to end to the severe weather season. Nationally, it peaks in May. But for our region, we're a little bit further north. It peaks in the month of June, transitions in July to primarily hail. And some of our worst tornadoes that this state has ever occurred um, have been in the month of April so and May. But right now, the difficulty with people understanding the nature of severe weather they may put the entire county under a warning or southeast nebraska under a warning that doesn't mean like winter if we're under a snowstorm warning everybody's going to get snow but when we talk about severe weather those are individual storm cells that wind themselves up and as they get wound up they will produce hail in some area and they may even produce a tornado i saw last friday that there was a tornado out near johnson lake and then on uh, sunday evening uh, we had just kind of a rain here with a little bit of rumble of thunder but just to the north of lincoln there were golf ball to tennis full-size hail, as well as down in Nebraska City. So remember that we're peaking in our severe weather season as we go into May. And the big Hallam tornado was in May, and uh, the Easter Sunday tornado in Omaha way long ago, over 100 years ago, was in April. And then the Omaha tornado in 1975 was in uh, the first week of May. So we're in the severe weather season and expect it to peak right now into early June. But the transition is from the risk of tornadoes and high winds to hail as we move into later into June and July. So we're not out of the woods. And if, if I'll, I'll let you know I am available. I'm back in Lincoln. And if any severe weather starts to come into our area, my good friend Rusty's is available. I'm available. And we're more than happy to talk to you about it. I, I really didn't like people saying on social media, well, the shields are up. Mm -hmm. And they're all the storms are deflected around Lincoln. That works until it doesn't. 
Correct. Yes, it does work until it doesn't. Although it is amazing that Lincoln seems to be even missing the rain so often when it looks like it is. It is definitely. Uh, it is definitely coming. Hey, I'm I'm curious, Doctor Dewey. You know, uh, obviously, different parts of the state saw really different snowfalls this winter. It felt like every time I um, I got here in the morning, Northeast Nebraska looked like they were dealing with a snow situation. Panhandle had a bunch of it late into the winter season. We didn't get much here. How has that? How has that impacted the overall drought situation in the state, and how varied is it throughout the course of the state? What a great question, because as I arrived in California, all of the mountains were just buried in snow all the way there. And they had this great what's called desert bloom, where the whole desert was very wet coming out of winter. And then looking at the snowfall amounts, we were below normal in southeastern Nebraska. But you're very right. It was very, very heavy snow across north central and northwest Nebraska that really helped alleviate their drought. And it was odd, too, to go through the first week in May across Colorado and see the ski resorts were open. We stopped at Copper Mountain. It was in the 60s. And we rolled down the window, and we were seeing people in their T-shirts and shorts skiing down Copper Mountain. Now, the snow was wet and slushy, but it didn't matter. They were still getting it skiing in in the month of May. So it was wet, lots of snow off to our west, and it just happened to be that Nebraska was on the eastern edge of that. It alleviated the drought big time out in the desert southwest, and I've monitored that for years. Um, The years of the water levels getting lower and lower at Lake Mead, they expect Lake Mead to rise another 30 feet or so. Of course, it's down almost 200 feet, but, you know, it's going to rise. The bad news is for the people out west is you would think, well, the fire risk is so small now. Everything is green and lush. It stops raining in the in the southwest in the coastal areas in the summer. All of that vegetation turns brown, and it's called fuel, just like gas in a car. And that fuel is there for increased forest fire risk um, and brush fire risk later uh, in summer into early fall. So it's not a good sign, actually, in the long run to have all that vegetation for them. But it was a good sign to see all the snow slowly melt. Um, the As I've looked at this, the, they've asked, well, when is Trail Ridge going to open? And they said, well, you know, there's always next year. And they're being funny, but some people took that literally. Yeah. So it'll be a while before these high mountain passes are open. Crater Lake said maybe the middle of July out in Oregon. That's how heavy the snow has been out there, hundreds of feet of snow. So for us, it alleviated the drought a little bit. Eastern Nebraska did not have that snowpack to melt into the ground, and it has been really below normal. The last six weeks have been bad. When you take a look at all whole month of April, a half inch of rain, that's not much. And then May is it's now getting really warm, a tenth of an inch so far. Let's hope we have a nice steady rain tonight. That would help. Yeah, that would be good. And looking at radar right now, I see uh, right along the Nebraska-Kansas border in central Nebraska, just kind of south of Lexington and even moving toward Kearney now, we do have pretty decent amount of rain, even some th- some uh, severe thunderstorm watches and warnings in there. So looks like that may be coming our way later today. So maybe, so. maybe, unless it breaks up again right around Lincoln like we saw on Sunday night. But let's hope so for that. Hey, Jack, we've known each other for a long time, and you have to admit, the one word that would describe the weather in Nebraska, interesting. Yeah, 
There you go. That, it's that, never that, consistent. It's constantly changing. Definitely has been, and that's why we always enjoy hearing for you uh, from you, and it changes every time, every month that we, we hear from you, and we'll uh, do it again here sometime in June. Dr. Dewey, always appreciate it. People, make sure and go to lincolnweather.unl.edu to check out the stuff for the weather camp, and uh, we'll hear from you again soon. Too, Jack. We yeah. can, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook as well as Twitter, KDewey1 on Twitter, and Dewey Weather on Facebook. All weather, all the time. No politics. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Dr. Dewey. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next month, all right? Okay. I am back and available, Jack. Good to talk to you Very- all. And everybody out there, have a great weekend. Very good. Great, great week. Sorry. There you go. Oh, I have a great weekend when it comes along, too. Dr. Ken Dewey joining us, our weather and climate guru. All right. Uh, 855, we'll take a break. CLNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Apologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Yeah, there is uh, pretty significant rains going on now in the central part of the state and especially along the Nebraska-Kansas border, as I was talking about. We've got some severe weather warnings south of Lexington, south closer to the Nebraska-Kansas border there in the Norton and Alma and Phillipsburg regions there. It is moving east and to the northeast, so, you know, don't want to get anybody's hopes up. And maybe you don't want it. I don't know uh, what we you want exactly, but it looks like it looks like the, uh, we're going to at least have a shot. And if you uh, take a look at what the National Weather Service is uh, saying, they they've got some increased chances starting this afternoon for the Lincoln area to get some rain here today. So we will see about that. Uh, all right, that is it for the show today. One more reminder: Mother's Day request line Friday coming up three days from now on Friday. So if you want to dedicate. A song to the mom in your life. You can do that right now by texting into the Rickstein Recognition text line. And tomorrow on the show, it's What Chap Tried Wednesday. Your chance to get it off your chest. Be a more pleasant person. No Dan Parsons show this afternoon. Five o'clock, first pitch on that resumed game. And then another baseball game, full one, coming up at seven o'clock. Both of those here on KLIN. All right. Nebraska Creighton. Get a base hit with the bases loaded and end that thing. Come on. How many runs do they get in the How inning? How many runs do they get in the I I will be I want I want two or more. Okay. Two or more I think <laughs> is the basement. It's nine o'clock, KLI on Lincoln.